Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Hello, folks. Tonight's a special broadcast because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So Don Pravda and myself had to come on just to discuss this invasion. And I've got to say, Don, I'm pretty impressed with Vladimir Putin. I mean, to think that the entire world is against him, that he was threatened with every sanction under the sun. And yet there he was flashing his nukes in a show to the world. And despite public opinion, he goes into Ukraine. Ukraine. What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, we pray for positive results in this conflict. It will be a catastrophe. However, I must tell you about the group there I have a rather strong constituency with, led by some wonderful rabbis like Shmuel Kamenetsky, Rabbi Yaakov Dobleich, and I'd like to also mention a very outstanding rabbi named Rabbi Kruskal. Very secretly, very quietly, the Jewish community is assembling. They are going to have support from the International Federation of Christians and Jews. However, underneath this is also a very extraordinary group. The pilots in Israel are ready to enter Ukraine and to remove as many Jewish people as possible. And this is going to be a kind of a biblical exodus that will be equivalent to what happened to the Jews of Yemen and Ethiopia. Thousands will leave. I understand that Jewish people have a very good way of life there. They have democracy and free speech, but the forces of history may be propelling them to leave at this time by the thousands. That's pretty incredible that this event is actually causing another exodus back to Israel. But one of the things I want to talk about on tonight's broadcast, I want to give a kudos and attaboy to Vladimir Putin for having, what would you call it, of steel? Nerves of steel? Made of steel? To, To just totally go against everybody in the world, every nation that was threatening sanctions. That's what we want to talk about on tonight's broadcast. We want to talk about the smokescreen of democracy and how in the Ukraine you have a big right-wing faction that was even part of the Euromaidan rallies, and that faction is pretty strong. And you want to say add a little there, bit more about that, Don? There is clearly a history of anti-Semitism in the Ukraine. It has very deep roots and very dark roots. And of course, uh, there was a nation under the Tsar and then the the communists. And now finally, there's been a a new government. The feeling is Vladimir Putin has 19 years of experience. He does not want a world war. He does not want a conflict with the European Union. However, forces are driving the situation closer towards uh, enmity. Mr. Putin does not want his country to be debased by war or poverty. He does not want the world aiming its nuclear missiles at him, and he's aware of the consequences. However, there is a history of human rights. There is now a history of freedom of thought. He is offering religious freedom to all peoples in Russia. He's quite aware of the predicament in Ukraine, and uh, may may there be reconciliation. But by any standard, he is not one of the worst leaders of Russia. We're in a different era. The 50s are over, and there are different elements. There are different forces working against him. Vladimir Putin is literally made of steel with this 
going against everybody in the world, this display of his nuclear weapons, and just bucking opinion. But in response to that, also, I want to talk again about this smokescreen of democracies. So I'd like to read an email that I received from a woman on the channel, and I'll just mention her first name is Gloria. Her former husband had worked for the NSA. Uh, she's a very smart woman, and she said, I saw your broadcast on the Ukraine and Russia with Don Pravda, and it was excellent. Over the weeks, I've been doing much research on this matter as far back as the 7th century BCE. The eastern Ukraine is ethnic Russians and Jewish settlers who settled there during the diaspora. The western Ukraine is Slavic, German, and Slavic Iranians or Persians who settled there in 7th century BCE. There is also a large Jewish population in Kiev or anciently known as Kievian Rus. There is still a large Jewish population in Russia also. In 2014, the western Ukraine started persecuting ethnic Russians and Jews. In 2014, Vice President Biden, John McCain, and Hunter Biden signed the agreement with Ukraine for the pipeline for which Hunter Biden is the president of the company, which is the Ukraine's largest gas, private gas firm. Prime Minister Bennett of Israel stated that Israel could not support America or the West in fighting going on now because the West is backing neo-Nazis in the Western Ukraine and Israel would not be sending assistance. President Biden lifted sanctions from Iran and sent large amounts of cash. The leadership of Iran was bragging that they could now take out Israel and Washington. Iranians were laughing at us. The American news as well as NATO and the EU news are still using the old phrase, the Russians are coming. 98% of Americans don't have a clue to what is really going on. I wanted to read that from Gloria because it had so many key facts and a couple of them that Don and I have gone over. She couldn't have said better and summed up better uh, what is going on there. And that's part of the smokescreen of democracy is that Biden is involved with that pipeline. And I pulled up an article confirming what she was talking about in this email. In addition, you have the United States right now prospering from gas sales in Europe because U.S. gas is now less expensive than Russian gas. You have the European Union that is using the smokescreen of democracy because the Ukraine has its 40 million citizens. Uh, wheat is a major product within the Ukraine as well as it would enlarge the European Union to almost 550 million citizens, as well as the European Union would then acquire through membership the products of the Ukraine that would then become a key part of Europe's market. But first, the European Union has requested that they work on their issues within their country first to become more democratic, more in line with the European Union. But there was actually articles today that stated the Ukraine wants to instantly now become a member of the European Union. So the point is this, this whole democracy bit is a huge smokescreen. 
What's really going on here is a land grab. The EU wants it, the United States wants it because of the pipeline, because they want to sell gas to Europe, and Vladimir Putin also wants to build his economy, and Ukraine is a border country of Russia with Russian speakers. Putin totally understands this multipolar world, and I want to talk a little bit uh, with Don. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about that too, because we are in fact in an age of of empires and I know Don you have a good picture of the the age of empires and you're beginning to really see this competition for economies of scale among the empires and this is what's going on behind the scenes while they're crying about democracy. And let's hope that Mr. Biden continues his policy of no war in the Ukraine. We've had 20 years of war in Afghanistan and Iraq. We had 58,000-plus soldiers killed in that time between 1974, rather 1964 and 1975. And finally, after years and years of conflict, that war ended. We don't want another war. We don't want American troops in the Ukraine. What we do want is a understanding that that world is not our world. That's a different place in time with different traditions and history. There is no reason for the European Union, for America and its allies to enter this skirmish. Don, I want to highlight a statement by Biden today. This appeared in CNN Politics. Biden condemns Russia's unprovoked and unjustified attack on Ukraine. Biden stated, President Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. So we're just going to start right there with that statement. Don, you were just talking about the wars of that America has been involved in. And what about the catastrophic loss of life and human suffering on behalf of the United States and all of its wars that it has started and gone into. I guess Biden's not thinking about that, is he? Well, nobody ever benefited in the history of warfare against Afghanistan. There were no winners. It's unimaginable to consider that a war, a breakout of a war, will benefit the West. It's an internal conflict between old nations. Since the time of Peter the Great, the Ukraine had been part of Russia. And then later, civilizations, nations changed, and the Ukraine became an independent state, which is applauded. However, Mr. Putin is actually one of the better leaders of Russia. And we must acknowledge that within his borders, there is freedom. There is freedom of thought, there is freedom to prosper. I also, like Biden then stated, Russia alone is responsible for the death and destruction this attack will bring. Again, he's not thinking about the death and destruction of the wars that America has gotten into. And then he stated, and the United States and its allies and partners will respond in a united and decisive way. The world will hold Russia accountable. I think he's really, really upset about the pipeline in the Ukraine, isn't he? That his yes. son had his hands on. I think that's what he's really upset about. So you have to read in between the lines 
sense of what he's really saying here. Because the other thing too is United States is no longer a real democracy. The European Union's not a real democracy. And not only that, the United States likes to talk a lot about its allies. Meanwhile, the allies talk about the United States behind its back and really don't like the United States. And the United States kind of has this view that everybody is our friend and everybody really likes us when they really don't. They can't stand the arrogance of America. Your comments? America is a place of liberty, democracy, and kindness. There's no question that is true. But we have certain belief systems in which we think that if we send democracy, our version of it, that those nations will improve. Uh, Right now, we have an enormous world issue. What will become of the Ukraine? Mr. Putin seizes upon the Ukraine. It is not the end of the world. Perhaps it's a moment of light in that we hope that many of peoples will be rescued. And in fact, Israel will bring in thousands of people into its nation. They'll be provided with sanctity. It'll be a safe place and a haven for the Jews, as predicted in uh, what we call the Torah and for the uh, non-Jewish citizens of the world, the Bible or New Testament. You know what really strikes me again with all this talk of democracy is this real strong right-wing faction that's in the Ukraine, and you had stated to me that it had been responsible for horrendous, horrendous persecution against the the Jews, and especially the Orthodox Jews. And so there's no mention of that, is there? There's no mention of that by Biden. There's no mention of that by the European Union. And they were part of the Euromaidan rallies. No mention, no mention. But one thing I know is with Putin going into the Ukraine, and it looks like he might very well be going into all of Ukraine, he won't tolerate that. I know one thing, Putin will not tolerate that faction. And may I remind our Jewish brethren around the world, the Lubavitcher Rebbe came from the Ukraine. He had to leave with his family because of the murder, the anti-Semitism, the loathing of the Jewish people. He was able to get out. He was able to live in Germany and France and ultimately get papers that brought him to the United States, which is, by any standard, as is said in Lubavitch, a place of kindness eternally for the Jewish people. And it's not a coincidence that Lubavitch has a very, very special place in the nation right now. And they are the ones who are worrying about the Jewish people. So much aid and effort is going through the Lubavitch community and will continue to do so. And one day may all be free and not be prosecuted and and jailed. This is not happening in Russia these days. People can build their institutions, their synagogues, their churches. They can have religious education openly and freely. And in fact, it's, it's a source of great luck and an example to the rest of the world that there is freedom in a former communist country. I want to talk about one other issue here for evangelicals. There was an evangelical article I came across, uh, Joel Rosenberg's, and his article on the Ukraine and Russia conflict took the view 
of the White House, the U.S. media, you know, Russia as aggressor. And I want to state to the evangelicals who might be tuning in or will be tuning into this broadcast that the anti-Semitism that's within the Ukraine is something that's very serious, that we take very, very seriously, that we're not happy about, and we don't feel that this should be swept underneath the rug like it's been swept by uh, those within our government, not mentioned, swept underneath the rug, disregarded. As a matter of fact, the government or puppet government that we had tried to install was backed by the right-wing faction. The U.S. government knew that, and yet the U.S. government is a friend of Israel, and there's a contradiction in this. This is an area where Putin shines because he, taking over the Ukraine, and I know many people are very upset, but it's a smokescreen. It's a smokescreen because they really have other agendas and the agenda is usually money, some sort of money for their empire because we're in a race with the empires now. Again, in the this multipolar world, I've got to hand the top dog again to Putin for defying the other empires in the face of sanctions, but I'm sure they all knew about the invasion and were shorting Gazprom and making up for it that way. The point is that the negative view of evangelicals, they're, they're adopting the media view in this conflict that is a conflict between Russia and Europe that also involves association agreement that there was a tug of war between Russia and the European Union, which one the Ukrainians would decide for, and you had Russia and the European Union outbidding one another in loans, in aid for the Ukraine to get the Ukraine to sign up. And so there's more involved in this conflict than what you're being told. It's about much, much more. And there's a smokescreen that this has to do with sovereignty and it has to do with democracy. And it has nothing to do with any of that. It's really a land grab. Everybody wants the Ukraine. The U.S. wants it because of the Biden sons liaisons, uh, business liaisons uh, regarding the pipeline. You have have the European Union that wants it uh, for its reasons. And so, folks, um, I'm glad you tuned in so that you can hear this and you can hear what the hidden agenda is really about. And when they're crying over this invasion, and you had to see the look of just sheer disappointment on Commission President Ursula von der Leyen's face, on Biden's face, just the horror because they really felt that they were going to be able to bully Russia into doing what they wanted Russia to do. Putin didn't go along with it. Well, realistically, like many conflicts and wars, it's about land and money, and this is no different. But all things being equal, Mr. Putin is actually a positive force in this world and is not the Russia of the early 1950s and the Cold War. 
It's a Russia that wants to prosper, have peace with its allies, that has religious freedom, economic opportunity, and has made vast, vast positive changes for the betterment of that region. Yeah, I would say so. You've got the Moscow Stock Exchange. I believe that's been around 2015. There's real developments that Putin has made within Russia's economy. And it's it's a shame because Putin had actually tried to hand the olive branch many times to the United States because Putin understands that a strong economy in Russia is very important. So he wanted these relations, but there's almost this blindness where people can't see him as who he is. Instead, what they see is the old Soviet Union. They're living in the Cold War. They're living in an age of America is the leading empire ruling all the other empires. It's really absurd. When you really sit back and you look at this entire situation, it's absurd. And I understand that for Putin, the Ukraine is a very geostrategic place, as it is for the European Union, as it is for the United States, and also because of money and because of what they stand to gain and what they stand to lose from an economic uh, point of view. The U.S. selling its gas, Europe building its empire, and part of building its empire is the strength of its common market, the strength of its market, the nation's all eliminating or reducing their sovereignty and coordinating their laws with Europe and the trade going freely within those borders. And what Europe doesn't have is a member. It's got incredible association agreements with the other nations and Europe is becoming bigger and more powerful and it is flexing its muscles and it is beginning to write the rules for the world. So of course, Europe wants to add the Ukraine, which is the second largest European nation of 40 million. I mean, who wouldn't want a country that size? And then you have the United States The United States is very greedy. We don't want anybody taking a slice of our pie. We want to sell our gas. And of course, Hunter Biden, and I I don't know the full details of his deal in the Ukraine, but I know he does have some kind of a deal or had some kind of liaisons there. It's obvious there's American involvement in that pipeline. And by the way, concerning the Nord Stream 2, that's not a done deal, the suspension of the Nord Stream 2. It's suspended for right now, but but also they're expecting that many companies are going to initiate lawsuits regarding the suspension. So I think they were all clapping over at the White House, but then those claps stopped when they realized this was just temporary because the United States has been aiming to shut down that pipeline and again for its own greedy reasons. So folks, that's the kind of world that we're in right now, this multipolar doggy dog and one empire fighting or not fighting, but one empire trying to take from the other or one empire trying to rise above the other. In fact, uh, we have great, great respect for this part of the world. Russia and, and don't forget the other satellite countries, Georgia and Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, they're also bracing and they're very concerned about their peoplehood in the conflict. All things being equal, we hope that Mr. Putin will use common sense. He has a traditional relationship 
to the Ukraine. No matter what, it's a land grab. Mm. And if Putin wasn't in there, he knew that Europe was going to be in there next. He knows what's going on. He decided to make the move and he, he calculated the risk. But before anybody criticizes him, the others were in for the land grab as well. The U.S. wasn't necessarily in for the land. They were in for the business deals that were there in Ukraine. And that's what was underlying it. But also, you got to hand it to Putin again, because he started to threaten with one of his hypersonic missiles. Like, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. When when the nations got upset, I think he kind of reminded them that he had these missiles. He's got some powerful missiles. I know. And we won't, we don't want them pointed to us. And I'm sure he doesn't want missiles pointed at him. So well, that's also another beef is the whole NATO deal and NATO. Oh yeah, that's the next joke. It's very laughable that NATO is a peaceful organization. And I heard that mentioned, and that is so just laughable because peaceful organization, and yet it's got missiles pointing at Russia. Some peaceful organization. Well, it is the uh, battle between philosophies, people's religious ideology. And may I express my gratitude in particular to the Lubavitch movement. They're on standby, as are a lot of pilots in Israel. Lubavitch has a commitment and a love to the Jewish community that is unprecedented. Their rabbis are in place, and they want to keep their religious institutions and synagogue open and alive. But that moment may be coming when Israel, Israel's jets come into the nation and the Jewish community leaves with them. It is possible, though, for the time being, Jewish people might even be trying to find the Polish border and even going back to Russia. So we'll watch these developments very carefully, and we're praying for a happy outcome. Well, I don't think it's too happy because mm. the world's are really upset because they thought they could control Putin, and they thought that by threatening all these sanctions, and I couldn't believe even more sanctions. Now the inner circle's families, give me a break. How many? Many things are they going to say? You want to talk about control freaks? The United States leadership are control freaks, and they're going to control through the dollar. But I've already predicted that the dollar is not only going to tank, but when Europe completes its capital markets union and has a an equivalent to the S&P 500 over there in Europe that coordinates all of their countries' companies into one indice, and they complete the banking union... The euro is going to take up the torch from the dollar, and then the U.S. is going to be in a crisis, and it will no longer be able to use sanctions as a weapon because these sanctions are just horrific. Here, Biden is talking about people and the casualties, but what about the people that have been starved because of the countries that we have immersively sanctioned. And I could go on and that's another soapbox and another topic, but it's time to end tonight's show. I'm thankful um, you guys have tuned in and till next time, Mr. Provider, do you want to say, say anything? Shalom, shalom, and shalom, and good night. And God bless. Tune in next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.